Hello, Gut Check Project fans. It's time for episode number 41. This is your co-host, Eric Rieger, and I'm, of course, shortly I'll be joined here in a moment with my co-host, Dr. Kenneth Brown. So let's get to it. Episode 41, who is at risk for colon cancer? Now, you may have ideas in your mind that people who are over the age of 50 may need to go start, uh, you know, having colonoscopies and being checked and doing routine, and that's all, that's all correct. But did you know that the trend over the last two decades or more, it's actually forcing us to start checking people earlier. And there are things that, that need to happen. In fact, 50 isn't even the normal age anymore for the uh, the screening process to begin. It's now 45. So if you didn't know that and, and, and you, you weren't aware that younger people are actually at more risk of developing colon cancer, this episode is something that you need to listen to. If you have younger people in, in your family, share it with them. It will let them understand a little bit about the symptoms of what to look for and what some of the risks are of, of what to look for so that they don't wait too long. Colon cancer is one of those things that if we intercept it early enough, we can actually stop it and prevent its spread. So this episode is meant directly for you to, to keep yourself and your family safe. So let's get to the sponsors of today's show. Of course, it's Autron Teal, Autron Teal. Get your own Autron Teal at lovemytummy.com, your chock full of polyphenol servings daily from Atron Teal. Go to lovemytummy.com forward slash KBMD and have some of your own Atron Teal today. Stop the bloating. Stop the IBS symptoms. Go ahead and begin to feel like normal again. Give your colon what it needs to produce what your body wants. Atron Teal, lovemytummy.com forward slash KBMD. And of course, there is Unrefined Bakery. Go to unrefinedbakery.com. Use code uh, GUTCHECK and save 20% off your first order. Fantastic food that just tastes great. And guess what? They can make it gluten-free, paleo, keto. They just make incredible food and they do it for your specific diet needs. That's unrefinedbakery.com. They ship to all the lower 48 Save on your very first order with the code GUTCHECK, 20%, no matter how much you order. I, like I said, it's just it's just fantastic food. And last but not least, go to kbmdhealth.com. That's the home of the Gut Check Project. Go to kbmdhealth.com, and there you will find the three products that Dr. Brown endorses, of course, that being his own KBMD CBD flavored in both cinnamon and natural, both of them, all organic. And of course, we have Broccoli Pro. Broccoli Pro chock full of sulforaphanes. And guess what? Here pretty soon, we're going to have the creator of Broccoli on the show. So check it out, Broccoli Pro. And of course, last but not least, you can get those packaged with Atron Teal, his baby. It's the only clinically proven over-the-counter solution for bloating. Chock full of those polyphenols. So without further ado, let's get to episode number 41 like I said, this is this is really for all of you to understand, to grasp how younger people are now actually facing a real threat of colon cancer and what we can do about it. It's it's uh, all hope is not lost. We can actually get in front of this and uh, make some great headway. So enjoy episode number forty one.
Hello, Gut Check Project fans and KBMD Health family. Thank you so much for joining us. This is episode number 41. I'm Eric Rieger here with my co-host, Dr. Kenneth Brown. How are you doing, Dr. Brown? I'm doing great, Eric. Um, episode 41, we're back to Gut Check Project. We kind of dabble between COVID. This one is not, is not a COVID episode. This one's going to be um, a very informative episode, and it might not be the most lighthearted topic. It might not be something, but it's going to save lives. So I want anyone who's listening to this to realize what we're going to talk about is something that's pertinent in the, in the uh, media right now, and we're going to help people. And that's Absolutely. my little teaser. Well, so a couple of weeks ago, what prompted where we are today is Chadwick Boseman, young man, actor, um, he succumbed to colon cancer. Now, he has a different story that talks about how he kept it under wraps and really no one knew that he was sick. And he battled this issue after being diagnosed with stage three colon cancer. He, he dealt with it for four years. And really, it's kind of remarkable how he just wanted to go on living a normal life. And, and you know, Godspeed to to him and his family. What What a, what a hard thing to do, but what a soldier he was for him and his family to carry on and try to live a very normal life. But really what it did for me, being that I'm, I'll turn 45 this year, it made me look at myself and my friends and, and just be reminded that young and younger people are being diagnosed with colorectal cancer. And it's happening at a large clip far more frequently than it did decades ago. And we'll use, and I think that you will also, we'll use around 1990-ish as kind of a, a, a mark, a, a delineation of when things started to change in these trends. But why don't you tell me, Ken, what you think whenever you've begun to notice the trend of younger and younger adults showing up for colonoscopies and, we, and we've, we've found cancer. We found cancer together with some of our own patients. You know, you and I were talking about this and all right. So first of all, Chadwick Boseman, I think one of the things about his very tragic death is what a badass. No kidding. This is a guy that can act at a level that very few can get to. This is a guy that, I mean, the, the movies he's been in, the people he's portrayed, he's been amazing. And then to find out later that he was actually dealing with some of this stuff while it was going on, absolute badass. And then no while he was essentially dying, he was doing charitable work, going out, meeting with children that were dying and everything, and never once was like, hey, this is what I'm doing. This all came out after his death. That is so amazing. And you and I were talking and I'm like, Oh, I want I did this article came out. This article came out and you told me, you're like, Hey, I was listening to the radio and they were talking about Chadwick. And I really feel like you as a gastroenterologist and me as somebody that puts these people to sleep, we have to do this. And I, I was like, yeah, but everybody was doing it. And you're like, no, we just need to do this because it's there. And now when I sit there and look back at how I have been trying to, fight colon cancer i'm like wow one of the greatest people that could move this topic that we're going to talk about which is why in the world did a 43 year old man die of colon cancer i want to give a why to that and yeah. that's what we're going to talk about today 
Without question. So it's, there's really no right way to set the table here. And so uh, forgive us here on the show. If we kind of jump at different ways on how to approach this issue where colorectal cancer has been appearing far more frequently in the last two and a half decades for younger people and by younger people, it's not, or it wasn't, it wasn't normal for people to have colorectal cancer before the age of 40 at all. And, and now We've seen here in the last few years where the screening age has moved basically for all insurance carriers from 50 down to 45. And this is to basically capture those who need preventative intervention before it's too late. And go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say that's exactly it. You and I live this world. We talk it all the time. And now because a a super likable, lovable person that was taken before his time brings light to something that you and I talk about every single day. We screen people young, we find young cancers. So for me, it's like, um, that's, it's horrible that that happened, but we want to prevent it. And that's what this show is about. It's about finding the science. It's about talking about it. And maybe even if just one person sends their child to go get screened sooner, even if just one person listen to this, says, you know what, I've been ignoring these symptoms of my stool looks a little different, meaning it's narrow, possibly there's a little bit of blood on the toilet paper, possibly there's something else. Well, then everything that we do is worth it because we get one person to go ask their doctor and say, I want to make a change. Chadwick Bozeman was a tragic death, but the problem is, is that this is a trend of a growing number of people below the age of 50 who are developing colon cancer. And he had stage four colon cancer. This is um, horrific. It's horrible. And as two people that prevent this cancer, it's, it's, it's a timing thing. And that's what yeah, no, this is about. No question. And this isn't isolated. And he's not even remotely the first uh, high profile person to die at a young age from colon cancer. If we all know who Katie Couric is, her husband, Jay uh, Monahan. He died at the age of 42. In fact, I think the, um, the GI Center in New York uh, affiliated with the Presbyterian Hospital, if there's actually a name for him, she donated quite a bit of money to help them advance the research, not only for colorectal cancer, but to start the trend of, of people starting to detect it earlier. So you know, honestly, kudos to, to Katie Couric and, and the foresight that she saw that my husband should not have died from this, and he shouldn't have. We just didn't know that someone at, at that age, at the age of 42, back yeah. then, which has been it's over 20 years ago, yeah. that, 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 could have, that could have happened. So let's get down to some of the many different things that maybe could contribute to why someone wouldn't go get checked. I'm going to leave the science part of <laughs> discovering the colon cancer to you, but as someone who's 44, what are some of the reasons why someone might not go when they should go? And we'll get to the symptoms in a little bit, but there's just some, some normal or abnormal things that have, have occurred over the last few years that may be contributing. Our sources of food have continuously changed quite a bit. As a person who was born in the 70s and a kiddo of the 80s, fast food was normal. And in, in, in learning about GMOs, who knows? No one's really made all of the connections. And of course, there's a lobby that wants us more or less to somewhat ignore 
some of the things that could be the uh, the key factors to allowing our body to grow these tumors, et cetera. So there's no doubt, though, that if you were to compare my childhood with my parents, who their generation does not have a high incidence of colorectal cancer when they were in their 40s, there's obviously some type of environmental change somehow. And I would say that food may have played a part in that. There's some other things. Um, one would be males. Traditionally, males just don't go to the doctor when there's signs and symptoms that should be sending them there. I mean, we know that here with, with Autron Teal. Our biggest purchasers of Autron Teal are women, even if it's for the men in their lives, they actually are the ones who purchase Autron Teal more often because they recognize the symptoms and they know that something, number one, should be done about it. And number two, we'll do the investigation to find out what can be done. It's just, it's just facts. But something else that I found was really, really eye-catching, and a lot of it went back to that radio program that we were listening to. Yeah, so let me just stop you right there because sure. this actually started it. Tell me about the station you listened to mm-hmm. and what they were talking about. You showed up to work. So one of the beauty um, – I was going to say one of the beauties. I should be – one of the beautiful things that happens – with you and I work together in one job where we take care of patients and we work together in another job where we've got this business where right. we're helping improve longevity, health, anti-aging, all this stuff with Atron Teal. But when you showed up that day, you're like, hey, on the, and I'll just let you run with it because when you started talking about it, I went, wow, that's cool. So I often here in DFW uh, or Dallas-Fort Worth, I listen quite often to the ticket. It's a long time standing sports radio station. However, if you're passing through and if you've never listened to it before, it's quite common that it's really just guy talk. And they, <laughs> they of course, have, yeah, they, they have sports that they feature on there. But for, for, I would say, most of the programming, it's really just funny stuff that guys find funny and or interesting. But on my drive in. Sounds like a the, podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it does sound a lot like our podcast. Um, <laughs> but on my drive into work, do they make fun of Mike Logsdon at all on their on the uh, ticket because we do that occasionally. Yeah, Mike, if they knew you, you know they would. So, <laughs> or if they covered jujitsu, they could probably have uh, have Mike on there. I've got a story about that related to this. So, yeah, I'm, we'll we're, we're going to tie all this in. It's all coming. In, it's all going to come together. A lot of loose strings here, folks, but we're going to pull this together, I I promise. So on my drive into work, the Musers, which is the early morning program, uh, Junior Miller, who's one of the hosts, happened to be reading about how blown away he was at Chadwick Boseman's demise. And he is one who has openly expressed that he's dealt with various digestive issues. He's a super athlete. He's a cyclist, a, a long distance runner, has been for years, very, very, very fit. But he has always been very, very in tune with what he perceives his body does best with, diet, sleep, exercise, et cetera. Well, he began to read through a few different stats and and statistics, and most of them weren't that surprising about the male, about the changing in our food. But one of them was just inarguably, it's like, we've got to do something different here. We've got to tell people to go and get help. What he mentioned was a study that they had done over thousands of different patients on the average time from the symptoms 
So that could be bloody stool or diarrhea, change in bowel habits, et cetera. And I'll let, uh, can't I'll let you get to that in a moment. But when the onset of the symptoms first occur to the time of diagnosis, they used a marker at the age of 50. So if you were younger than 50, the time from the first onset of a symptom to the day of diagnosis was roughly 217 days. So let's just say that on the first day there was, a, there was blood in the stool. It's on average, which means some people go much, much longer. On average, 217 days for someone under the age of 50 to go and see a doctor then be diagnosed that they actually have colorectal cancer. Now, just compare and contrast that to 50 and above. It's just under 30 days. It's like 29 point something days. That amount of time is critical. It's almost one full, or it's almost uh, it's, uh, one or 10 times the amount of days over. It's like roughly eight point something times. And in that amount of time, cancer is, that, that's just allowing cancer to go and recruit more cells and area for it to continually grow and become far more cumbersome and, and unfortunately spread. That's when it becomes dangerous. So when I told you that number, I can remember you looking at me, this was just a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, looking at me saying, wait, what did you say? And I said, they just said it. That's what's on my mind. 217 days versus 29. That's, that's really life and death. And it's just an amount of time where people didn't take the symptoms seriously enough to go and seek help from the right person. And then the next thing, what if they did go and see a doctor? And what if they didn't happen to go to a gastroenterologist right away? Well, now you've got a smaller caveat that still some people certainly don't mean any harm, but it's just not normal for someone to show up at the age of 34 or 29 saying that they've got blood in the stool. Oh, we had a small interruption there regardless. So in essence, what we have are these people, they were young adults, and they have been ignoring symptoms, but now they've gone to go and find someone to help them. There's another caveat here. Sometimes the person they go to may not be a gastroenterologist and, and is probably just not used to seeing someone who is young having cancer. So oftentimes when a young person goes, what's contributing to that high number, that 217 days, they may go to a doctor and say, I've experienced some rectal bleeding. I think I've seen some blood in the stool. Not always, but sometimes someone may say, well, you're 29, you're, you're 33, it's just not normal for someone your age to have cancer. Let's see if this resolves. Let's, you know, check a, a blood level to make certain that you're not anemic, et cetera. But it's just one more small thing that will delay diagnosis. And that's the problem. And can you know this? If it's, if it's going to be more time, unfortunately, it's just more time for the cancer to take hold and be more difficult to combat. All right, so you're exactly right, and this just shows that sharing information. You heard this on a radio station in to work to work with me. Right, we talked about it. We're like, oh my gosh! So I started looking into this, and it's estimated that 12 percent of all colon cancers will be in people younger than age 50. Age wow. 50 has been the screening recommendation for many years. The screening recommendation, spoiler alert, has now been moved to 45. 
-hmm. And so we'll get into all of that later. But the most important thing for me is that that means that 18,000 people will end up with colon cancer below the age of 50 this year that may ignore symptoms. And when we talk about um, different races, unfortunately, African-Americans are at a 20% higher risk. That gets into a lot of different things about healthcare availability, about different things like that. But this is our job is to prevent that. And then now there's studies showing that younger people have much more aggressive cancer also much more aggressive cancer with a worse prognosis. A survey was published in 2019 that found that 67% of colon cancer patients saw at least two doctors, many saw four doctors before a colonoscopy was recommended. So everything that you're saying is totally backed by science. Patients will often ignore the symptoms as well as the doctors will downplay the symptoms or reassurance, which generally is the way I was taught. But now we're seeing the shift. Now we realize the youngest person I've ever diagnosed with colon cancer was 19. The oldest person was 89, where it was treated, meaning we treated it and cured it. Right. So I have a 19-year-old that came with rectal bleeding, and I said, hey, we should just take a look anyways. Found rectal cancer. And 89-year-old, I was like, we really shouldn't do this at your age but and hey let's highlight something really quick you don't traditionally see anybody who's under 18 so the margin the margin of how low that could even go for you is one year so you've basically hit the entire span of your patient population that you routinely see which is thousands of patients a year you've basically seen colon cancer as young as they come and and, and that, that should be alarming it's, it's super alarming because think about this. Now, for if you're an individual, it is what it is. If you're a healthcare provider, if you're an insurance provider, oh, yeah. you're part of the healthcare system. If this trend continues by 2030, so nine years from now, we're going to end up, or 10 years from now, I don't know in this place, but basically. <laughs> <laughs> I somehow had 2021 in my, I'm just trying to get rid of 2020 so fast. I just want to be done with it. (laughs) Yeah, I understand. I do. Um, So in 2030, 32% of all colorectal cancers diagnosed will be in people younger than age 50. If we allow this to continue. Now, if we allow this to continue. Now, three years ago, do you remember that when Ricardo Abreu, so Ricardo Abreu is a good friend. He has a jiu-jitsu gym. He's a, um, he's a world champion in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I was so taken back by a study that was published in 2017 that showed for the first time ever, a younger generation was developing cancer in higher proportions than their parents. And so millennials are having more colorectal cancer than their parents. That's never been seen before in any other generation. I went so far as to bring jujitsu mats and we brought Ricardo Abreu. I encourage everybody to go to uh, my YouTube page, Kenneth Brown MD, where you can see Ricardo basically kick my ass in the name of colon cancer, which is (laughs) if, if, if you're watching it, he throws me around like I'm like, like 90 pounds. At that time, I think I was 215. I mean, I'm 215 now, so I was a little bit thicker. I was, like, stronger back then. I was working out more because 
COVID got in the way of things, but <laughs> I was solid 215, 220 back then. And he picks me up like I'm nothing. That's what we want to do. We want to cut out polyps like they're nothing so that people do not develop any type of cancer. And that's what something like this. So if you're bored, even if you don't enjoy um, talking about colon cancer, you can see me get my ass kicked by Ricardo. So. <laughs> well, and it, it, it was it was a it was a fun taping, and I love the way that uh, that Ricardo was screaming out and not calling you Ken or Doctor Brown. He just kept calling you Polyp as he was chasing you. <laughs> yes, kept calling me Polyp. So you're exactly <laughs> right. You show up listening to this. Uh, very unfortunate. Chadwick Boseman passed away of stage four colon cancer. Our job, literally, our job is to prevent this. That's what we do well, every single day. And, and uh, just to put it into context, it's not, you're, you're exactly right about the more aggressive nature because um, sometimes, in some instances, some people may say that, uh, well, there's an increase in cancer, but, but not so much death. This is not the case. Um, there is a, a belief from the American Cancer Society, there's a 51% increase in young uh, cancer uh, patients under the age of 50 since only 1994. It's only 26 years ago. And knowing that the death rates in this group are also rising. Death rate, meaning more who are diagnosed with cancer end up dying than those who are per, per person, per diagnosis, are dying versus those who are diagnosed in the pool 15 above. So much of that is just timing. They are more aggressive. So it's just that much more important that we figure out the first onset symptom to go to someone who will be aggressive and making certain that you don't have something more sinister or serious than. All right, so Eric, I'm gonna leave this up to you, so that people that have attention deficit disorder and want to get off, what are the right. symptoms they should look for? And if you have any of these symptoms, just talk to your doctor and say, "I heard a podcast." where even if your doctor says, don't worry about it, go, eh, I'm going to worry about it. Send me to a gastroenterologist. What are those symptoms? Uh, no, it's always going to be blood in the stool. And uh, that could be a dark, tarry stool out of, out of nowhere. And sometimes, honestly, they, they kind of stink. Uh, bleeding from in and around the rectum. Um, so bright red blood on the toilet paper or in the yeah, underwear or in the stool. Definitely. And uh, abdominal cramping. So sometimes, uh, if, and tell me if that's wrong, but I think sometimes when we've had folks, they've had kind of unrelenting cramping and they don't know how to describe it. And I've often seen you start with them before they, or before we actually do the procedure and try to get them to kind of localize it or show you where it is. So abdominal discomfort is, is something, so bleeding, abdominal discomfort. And to talk about the stool, ribbon stools is what I'm getting at here. Yeah, ribbon stools, and basically, it's it's basically a change in the shape of the stool itself because it will come out kind of flattened or something like that. It's it's mechanical. It means there's a polyp or something causing an obstruction and pushing on it. And then if you go to a family reunion and you bump into Aunt Betsy, who says, "Yeah, just had my colon cancer removed." Yeah, if you've got a family member, um, no more than two removed, you definitely want to be checked out and early. Don't wait. Yeah. So these are all Google a bull, but this podcast yeah. is about trying to figure out the next level. So the question is why? So the study that was done in 2017, the authors of the study, you know, the, the main finding was that millennials have higher incidence of colon cancer than their parents. Their conclusion was we don't understand why. 
Sure. So I started looking at this when you said that um, about listening to the ticket. So why? And I started thinking, you said at the beginning of this show, our diets have changed, things have happened, whatever. So let's talk about that. Okay. Let's talk about possibly why. Now, this is not my research. This is me looking at other scientists that have done this. But as we always do, if it makes clinical sense and physiologically, I see it that the body can do this. And then anecdotally, I see it in my practice. I feel very mm -hmm. strongly that these kind of things correlate. So even if somebody says, well, there's no large randomized placebo controlled trial on this and that, if it makes sense and we see it on a day-to-day -day basis, if I had the time, I would publish the two together. And that's what we're doing right now. This is a unpublished study in the form of a podcast where we get to look at your beautiful hair while we do this. <laughs> it's probably debatable depending on who you're asking. All right. So you got me thinking about this. And so I started finding some different studies. And so I found a study that really looked at younger people that ate high fat food and high carbohydrate food. So whenever we talk about the standard American diet, the SAD diet, it's, it's, it's the two together. It's not that one is bad or the other is bad, but somehow when you combined um, refined carbohydrates with uh, poor fats, it's a, it's a recipe for a disaster. And that unfortunately is what most of the food that is easily accessible for a lot of people. So high fat, high carb study in younger people showed something kind of interesting, um, significant dysbiosis, meaning it affected their microbiome. So their microbiome got, got changed and became very narrow. On other podcasts, we talk about the microbial diversity, meaning you want to have a lot of different ones. When you eat a high-fat, high-carbohydrate, refined diet, you narrow your microbiome. They linked this to causing obesity. In the original 2017 study, they tried to say that maybe it's obesity causing the cancer. And so the key is that the dysbiosis can alter an epigenetic phenomenon. And what that means is your microbiome can turn on genes in your body. Keep that in mind. So the microbiome is super important. And then I started thinking, well, is this just a U.S. phenomenon? Found multiple studies in other countries where they're having increased risk of colon cancer as well with that. So this got me thinking. And at least there's a clue to all of this. If the microbiome plays a role, and we know that when you disrupt the microbiome, you epigenetically predispose to forming precancerous lesions, right. known as polyps. So that's what you and I do for a living. We remove polyps, and that effectively cures colon cancer. A really interesting study uh, came out in 2019 in March where they looked at mice. And you and I talked about this because I through a fit that one day at the endo center where um, we offer sodas, pops or Cokes, depending on your vernacular and what part of the country you're at. If you're in the right. Midwest, I guess it's a pop sodas, Northeast Cokes are South Georgia, Georgia, yeah. Southeast. Yeah. 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 Oh, and just so y'all know, this is, this is just water. This is not a, <laughs> a Waterloo. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty adamant. So if you're a parent and you're listening to this, pay very close attention to this part because nobody's discussing why millennials are having higher colon cancer. And I'm trying to figure it out. One way the hint is it affects the microbiome. If you're not feeding your microbiome the appropriate thing, it predisposes you to polyps. Then using that logic, um, a group of scientists took mice that were knockout mice, meaning that they were predisposed to having polyps. And then what they did is they gave them the equivalent of one can of soda um, of high fructose corn syrup. So basically the amount of high fructose corn syrup in one can of soda they mm-hmm. gave to the mice daily, not like a whole can to a mouse, the equivalent of a tiny little can to a mouse relative to what a human would drink if they drank a, what a however many ounces. How many ounces is that Waterloo that you're in? Is that eight ounces? Twelve. I think it's twelve, yeah. So twelve ounce can. And so they figured out that polyps love high fructose corn syrup. Cancers and polyps now when i say polyps what i mean is early cancer so this goes with all cancers colon cancer is the thing we're talking about today this goes with all cancers cancers love sugar they love the fuel they grow quicker than your other cells they need that fuel so these guys showed that when you give high fructose corn syrup the rates of cancer and polyps was super high compared to those that did not get the high fructose corn syrup And they even thought about the whole obesity thing. And they said, no, we're only going to give one can. These mice will not become obese. We're just going to see what just the high fructose corn syrup does. And what they showed is that when you eat fructose, unlike glucose, glucose is imported into the cell through a glucose transporter. Fructose is passively absorbed through what's called the GLUT5 transport system. Why is that relevant? As it turns out, you can overwhelm the GLUT5 transport system really easy. So if you're like, ah, he's being too nerdy about this stuff. If you happen to be a triathlete or a marathon runner and you're on your run drinking goo, trying to give yourself energy because it was always shown that fructose can be absorbed quicker and then you end up having diarrhea after the second or third pack of this, you've overwhelmed your your fructose absorption ability. Problem is when you have high fructose corn syrup, which is a refined form of fructose, which is a whole separate discussion on how maybe that is the root cause of a lot of our our metabolic syndrome problem. Yeah. Yeah. So... This blew my mind. When you drink too much, and it's Mm. not very much at all, I'm talking less than a can a day, that fructose doesn't get absorbed. The high fructose corn syrup doesn't get absorbed and goes to your colon undigested where they showed that's where polyps and cancers adapt. They love that stuff. And they say, bring it here, bring it here. I want that. And so now we bring the microbiome back in. Now we've got a microbiome that's being fed high fructose corn syrup. They start sending signals to the brain that says we want more of that. 
the polyp is like, oh yeah, we want more of that also. Oh yeah. yeah. And these researchers showed that the, that the fructose gets converted into a fatty acid that promotes tumor growth. In fact, it'll actually rewire the polyp to the point that it will prefer high fructose corn syrup. So if you are doing this on a regular basis, you're setting yourself up for a serious problem. They have shown that there's actually something called the Warburg effect. And the Warburg effect increases something called glycolysis, which leads to increased fatty acids in these tumors, which promotes metastases. Remember, so metastases is the spread of a tumor. Spread of cancer, yeah. Spread of cancer. So at the, at the beginning of this, we're talking about a very young, incredible actor who developed colon cancer. And then we said that it's more aggressive. And then the studies where they looked at it said, we don't know why. I don't know. It, they have not looked at this yet. Is it possible that part of the standard American diet, which uses high fructose corn syrup, not just in sodas. It's in oh, ketchup. everywhere. It's everywhere. Bread. It's in freaking bread. If you open a package, you're getting high fructose corn syrup. Yeah. So if you're a parent and you're listening to this, for gosh sakes, don't allow your kids to have sodas, pops, Cokes, whatever it is that is your vernacular. Stop that right now. Because what you're doing is you're allowing your, you're allowing your kid's microbiome to change, to want more of it, which then tells the polyps they change to preferentially metabolize that, grow, and spread. When we sit there and say, that we're, it's, think of it as a parasite. Polyps and cancers are parasites. Do you feed the parasite to allow it to grow or do you starve the parasite so it goes away? We tend to feed these parasites that grow. And uh, if somebody says, oh, well, it's probably because of the obesity, which is the whole thing. Everybody goes back to obesity. Oh, it's obesity. It must be because Americans are, are overweight. There was a 2019 study that published that showed overweight, obese teenagers had a depletion of beneficial bacteria, and they had dysbiosis. Yep. I personally think as a gastroenterologist that what we're doing is we're self-selecting bad bacteria, narrowing the microbiome, and then that microbiome gives us clues to go out and have more of this. They send signals to your brain that says we want more sugar. The easiest, quickest sugar to get is high fructose corn syrup. So it's kind of a trip because I'm sitting there. We started out talking about um, young people having colon cancer. And then the question was always, how does this happen? So I truly believe that if you protect your microbiome and you avoid some very simple things, and then you go, oh, when I start looking at labels, it's a whole lot harder than what it looks because sure. if, you're, if, you're opening, if you're opening packages, you're getting high fructose corn syrup. And it's, um, I, I just found it interesting because... It's sad. It's sad that it's, that it's crept into our nor normal eating habits. 
I mean, it really, really is. And I, we're not innocent in our house. I, I try, and in most cases, we're successful with the boys that they don't consume it. But you, it's, it's difficult. And what's crazy is I think that my, both of my son's incidents of consuming high fructose corn syrup is a fraction to probably their peers, but it doesn't really matter. And, the, and you, you put it best when you said, should you feed the parasite or deny its ability to grow? And what's kind of crazy is that I think that even in the back of our minds, some people have justified allowing an action thinking, well, if there's ever a consequence, it'll be so much further down the road that things may be different at that point. This is the bell. People are getting cancer much earlier in a, in a, in a system that they never had it before. So if, things are different. If you have a child, I don't care how old that child is, and you look over right now, and they're sticking a straw in a juicy box, they're cracking open soda, they're doing whatever, grab that thing, look and see if there is high fructose corn syrup in it. Because, or even sugar, lots of sugar, but the sugar, the kicker about the high fructose corn syrup is that they, these guys figured out that what ends up happening is that the, the polyp and the tumor prefers it and they yep. end up converting it quicker to yep. these very detrimental molecules. You're better off doing straight sure. sugar than yep. you are doing high fructose corn syrup in Definitely. regards to colon cancer and probably all cancers because- it, now, the one thing that is really unique about this study is that if you overwhelm your body's ability to absorb it, then you're going to preferentially feed the colon polyps because it's going to go to your colon. It's Wait, left over. It's you, left you, over. Exactly. You can't use it. The cancer will love it. And make no mistake, when at least the way that I've always understood tumor growth it's it's growing it's growing rapidly it's it's a high metabolism set of cells which are doing all that they can to grow and expand and what they're also doing is creating more pathways for blood vessels to form uh, called angiogenesis but blood vessels so that they can get their hands on free energy guess what high fructose corn syrup is it's just free energy to them it allows them to even grow faster to grow bigger and oh, it's do, not free energy. It's turbo. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's turbo. It's what they want. They're like, yeah, let's do this. So if you happen to be African-American, you have a higher risk. If you happen to have anybody in your family, first or second degree generation that had polyps or colon cancer, it's higher risk. So yep. if you're turning around right now and you had a colonoscopy, you're like, I'm fine. I'm 50. You look at your kids and you go, they're at higher risk. Holy cow. I had my colonoscopy. I'm a responsible adult. I'm 50 years old, had the colonoscopy. And I look over at my 15 year old and I'm like, oh no, wait a minute. They're at higher risk than I am. Yeah. This is nuts. We've never had this discussion with kids before. No, no, we haven't. And, and I'm due. So by the end of the year, I'm, I'm due. I'll be 45. I hit the new threshold. Uh, thankfully they've moved it back five years and I haven't had any symptoms that, uh, and if I have, I mean, guess what? I wouldn't be any different. I would have been someone who's ignored and not paid attention or, or something like that. But I, I don't believe that I've had a symptom yet. I haven't had a, uh, a close family member yet that's had it. But all that being said, I am keenly aware that my environment, my 
food supply is honestly, it's, it was vastly different as a young person than what my parents had. Fast foods and uh, uh, different things like uh, high fructose corn syrup are far more abundant. What was the whole thing you were telling me about the original Dr. Pepper, that, that one town in Texas? We were just talking about that. Oh, Dublin. Yeah, Dublin, Texas had, the, to my knowledge, the last location of where Dr. Pepper was still made with real sugar, at least domestically, right? Yeah. And they produced it, and Dr. Pepper ended up shutting them down, I guess about six or seven years ago, and it was because they began to distribute what they called the Dublin Dr. Pepper to other retailers, and they, they didn't want them to do that because essentially it was competing with, with uh, the, uh, the main source licensed bottlers. So Dublin still produces uh, sugar-containing sodas, but uh, they, they don't use high fructose corn syrup. I don't drink sodas at all, so directly it doesn't affect me, but I'm with you. If you're going to still consume sodas, number one, limit them. But number two, try to find something that doesn't have high fructose corn syrup. I, I'm guilty of this in the sense that I don't drink sodas, but um, if I put a condiment on something, a hamburger sure. or something I'm eating, I don't, I don't look at the label and go, oh, my gosh. Then you start looking and they all got it. They all got it. They all got it. You're like, okay, just know every single time. It's okay. Everything, you know, we get to back to the moderation thing. But just know if you got a critter growing in you, you got a little parasite called a colon polyp and you're doing that it's loving it and growing and definitely so, you know and somebody, you know what else in side note some of your favorite brands if you you said condiment on burger this is perfect some of of uh, america's favorite brands like heinz ketchup for instance they've they've actually been listening and really? it's not the biggest seller yet but uh even even at, on the shelves of walmart they oftentimes will feature either organic or no high fructose corn syrup, ketchup. Love so it. some of these brands really do want to help make the change. The, the truth is until more people buy them and consume them, they're not going to produce them. They, they're, they're a company like anything else. They want to see the numbers. They want to see if it latches on, if it resonates with people. And I think oftentimes people don't, they don't appreciate that there's a new choice out there and how important it is to be made aware of why there is a healthier option offered. It's so, usually because of something like this. Yeah, let's just reiterate. Let's just recap what just happened on this because I think generally you and I joke around a little bit more on this podcast, but this is not a joking matter. No. We've got a situation where a cancer, a generation before is now having higher incidences of a cancer that we thought was an older person's cancer. Yeah. Why is that? Who knows? I believe that there is data to suggest that consuming certain foods affects that. One of those things could be high fructose corn syrup and making sure that you have proper microbial diversity, meaning feed your microbiome what it wants, which right. means polyphenols, insoluble fibers, the stuff that we talk about every single show. Now we're talking about here's how to save not just your life, but the next generation. Your kids, without question. Your kids. Your kids. Well, what a, uh, it, it, I, I'm glad that the ticket had this topic. This is something that we will probably even have to touch on again, but it's, it, make no mistake, it's always alarming when someone comes through and they're on their follow-up colonoscopy with us because 
they've just beaten cancer and you look and their age and I'm thinking of someone in particular is only 26. Oh. It doesn't, it, it's, it's, it's not fair, but I'm glad that that person didn't ignore the signals from three years ago. And that person is more than likely and wasn't out of shape, wasn't obese. You don't have to be obese. You don't have to do a lot of those things. Oh, think. I think that's what, I think that's what took everybody back with Chadwick. Yeah. This is a, right. this is a solid fit dude. They got Definitely. taken down by stage four colon cancer. And, you know, it, it's part of our humanity to say, well, it's not going to be me. But um, as a physician and you in healthcare that puts these people to sleep, we see stuff and we yeah. just go, it's, it can happen to anybody. So yeah. why would you stack the deck against yourself when it's so easy to do a couple simple changes? So if we're going to do this, just don't drink sodas please do me one favor just don't drink sodas yeah challenge yourself see how go go to your pantry see how many things may you know to throw everything out but be conscious of it whenever you go (laughs) shopping again i mean it's 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 hard i mean and it's not easy to go and tell everyone to turn over all of their their food inventory but for the most part, eating fresh vegetables and meat, it, it, it may sound boring, but there's, there's a reason behind it. And yeah, you'll yeah. be healthier for it. And so I had this argument with somebody that just woke up in post-op. Of, um, this week, actually, we got to the same discussion. And she, uh, she said, can I have my, can I have my diet, doctor, uh, diet Coke, whatever. It doesn't even matter what mm-hmm. brand. Um, I think it was Diet Coke. And then uh, I was like, ah, just as bad. And that's the other thing that people don't realize. Remember when I was talking about microbiome? Oh, yeah. I now realize that people that drink diet sodas. So if you're over here going, oh, thank God I don't have any of the regular stuff. Guess what? The preservatives and the sugar sweeteners in there, you don't absorb. Your microbiome breaks it down. And you have a higher incidence of getting obese and having type 2 diabetes if you do the fake stuff. So you're not getting out of the woods on that one either. Not only that, you actually, and completely not even GI related, uh, diet sodas contribute to the imbalance of, of uh, phosphorus and uh, calcium in the body. You actually can, it can induce early stage onset of uh, osteoporosis. I mean, it, it's not your friend. I don't know how else to say it. It's, it's not, you're rolling the dice. When we sit there and talk about this, if you were if you were submitting a diet soda to the FDA as a drug, you're like, ah, oh, this drug's going to do this. They would reject it and say you're going to cause more harm than good. Unless their lobby was really strong. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, um, Ken, as always, certainly appreciate it. That's really all that we have for young people and colon cancer. Get Don't ignore the symptoms. Again, those symptoms are blood and stool, bleeding from the rectum, the abdominal cramping. If you have a family member, blood family member that has had colon cancer or problems like that before. Or polyps. Or polyps. Or polyps. Uh, yeah, polyps. Thank you. Yeah. Don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. Uh, Change in stool caliber, abdominal discomfort. If you have this, it is your right to talk to your doctor about it. And it's also your right to go, I'm, I would like this evaluated because peace of mind and, oh, totally forgot. Um, my colonoscopy is on YouTube. We put it there so that you can see that it's not a big deal. So I would like to put to the audience there, how should we do Eric's colonoscopy? Should we film it live? Should we do it with lubrication? Should we do it with sedation? 
let's uh you know i see you as the david blaine of colonoscopies where you yeah, just let to make a i'm really glad it? that we talked about all of this stuff beforehand this sounds really good. <laughs> i think that we could top david blaine's um little uh holding on to the balloon thing we could do yeah. a colonoscopy at fifteen thousand feet possibly sure mm -hmm. that uh, i would imagine we'll probably live stream it on uh, some platforms i'm not familiar with like myspace <laughs> and uh, uh, snapchat so we'll just see what happens <laughs> regardless i think uh i'm due for my colonoscopy this year you're due dr ackerman's due a guest uh you know the the yeah. substitute co-host he's due we should have a colonoscopy palooza someday where we just show i mean we both try to practice what we preach and um i try for the most part eating healthy um unfortunately oh my uh you, did we comment on my tie-dye shirt here here not yet but you is that uh, is that done by the famous carla that's done by the famous carla who also happens during covid to becoming a badass baker and so yeah. I sit there and say that I practice what I pe preach, but when I come home from work and she's like, look, Bobby, I made lemon bars. And, you know, it's your daughter offering it to you. And you're like, okay, I'll humor you. And you're like, oh, my God, they're so good. I'm just going to. It is with real sugar, though. It is with real sugar. <laughs> with real sugar, which is also something that I try to actively avoid. But when your sugary little daughter offers it to you and she worked hard at it, you, it's hard to ignore. And then you're like, oh, wow. It's kind yeah. of like a shirt. She's like, can I tie down your shirt? And I was like, yeah, whatever. I'll throw it out. I'm like, oh, it looks awesome. I love it. I'm going to wear it. Hey, Carla, if, and, and your daughter should also know that uh, you get comments every Friday that you wear those tie-dye scrubs. Everyone loves them. So they're, those are awesome. Well, I think that'll do it. Please like and share. If you've got a younger family member that you just want them to be aware of this, send it to them. Send them this video. Hopefully, we can just get through to them. It just takes a little bit of time. They don't even have to watch the whole thing to start getting the gist of the information. But anyhow, so Gut Check Project, episode number 41. Young people, unfortunately, are showing up with colorectal cancer too. If you've got symptoms, go get checked out. Like and share. Check out our sponsors. Dr. Brown, anything else? No, that's it. I just think that it's a – I consider it an honor that you and I get the opportunity to save lives the way that we do. I consider Definitely. it an honor that we can be on a platform like this and tell people because once again, one person thinks of something and says, you know what, I'm gonna go ahead and do that, then it's, it's all worth it. Yep, absolutely. We'll see y'all next time. That was episode 41, take care. Take care.